Hey guys, it's Dave. I'm seven years old and I'm a student at WeGrow. Welcome to my podcast about polar bears and climate change. Today, I sat down with Alyssa McCall, Director of Conservation Outreach at Polar Bear International. Hey Alyssa, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name is Alisa McCall, and I am a staff scientist and the director of conservation outreach at my organization called Polar Bears International. Where do you live? I live in a place called Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories of Canada, so pretty far north. What is Polar Bear International, and how did you get involved with the organization? Yeah, so Polar Bears International is a nonprofit organization, and we are the only organization in the world that focuses solely on protecting wild polar bears. So we do a mix of research, education, and media to help inspire the world to care about polar bears and make sure that we keep them in the Arctic forever. And I first got involved with Polar Bears International in 2010, so almost nine years ago. I was a graduate student in Canada and I was doing polar bear research and Polar Bears International needed some volunteers to help them talk to students and do some other stuff. So I started volunteering for them and I volunteered for them for about four years. And then when I finished my degree, they hired me full time as a job. So I've been really, really lucky to be involved with them for so long. What is climate change? Sure. So climate change is a change in uh, global or regional climate patterns. And this is something we have to look at long term because it happens over a long period of time. Uh, When we talk about climate change these days, most people are referring to the big change that we've seen over the last century. So basically what's happened is that when humans very smartly figured out how to burn things like coal, oil, and gas, fossil fuels, for energy to drive our cars or heat our homes, Uh, we started releasing greenhouse gas emissions or carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And at first this was okay. In regular amounts, it's not a big deal. But we've continued to do that as humans, and now we're burning too many fossil fuels. And so we've had this heat-trapping blanket of carbon dioxide around the earth, and we've thickened it too much because we just keep adding more and more carbon dioxide, which traps heat. So we have trapped too much heat around the earth right now, and that causes changes in our climate. Um, And for polar bears, that causes changes, especially in the Arctic as things heat up. I think, you know, you know, when we go outside in the summer and we have like an icy drink or something, it starts to melt when it gets warm. It's pretty straightforward. So uh, when we talk about climate change right now, we're talking about the long-term warming of our planet due to human activities. What is the effect of climate change on polar bears? Yeah. So every animal has a habitat. Uh, No matter which animal we talk about, we can talk about their habitat as their home. And polar bears are really special animal in a lot of ways because most bears live on land, but polar bears live on Arctic sea ice. That's their habitat. They live on this cold, frozen, moving, crazy Arctic sea ice habitat, which is super cool. And like I just mentioned, ice does not like warmth. And so as we're warming up the planet, we're starting to lose Arctic sea ice. So polar bears are losing their habitat or their home. And what this means for polar bears is that they are having less access to their main food, which is seals, ringed seals and bearded seals. And when you start to lose access to your food, and when you have to move farther 
or longer to find the same amount of food, you start to lose weight and get less healthy, which we see in all sorts of species. And for polar bears where we've seen uh, them already have big changes in their habitat due to climate change, we've seen them eat less food and have to move more and lose weight. And that means they have fewer babies because it just gets harder to reproduce when you're under that sort of stress. Uh, and then when you have less babies, eventually your population gets smaller. So that's what we're seeing with polar bears. Please explain the current trend. Sure. So polar bears are, even though it's straightforward, they all need sea ice to find seals. Uh, they do have some differences across the Arctic. So polar bears live in five countries, including Alaska in the US, Canada, Norway, Greenland, and Russia. And in all these different places, sea ice is a little bit different. Um, it has different patterns, there's different stresses. So we do see different things happen with polar bears depending on where we look. And there are 19 different subpopulations of polar bears. So uh, humans have to break up Polar bears live over such a wide area that humans kind of have to break those areas up. So we can look at 19 different groups. And so each different group has a different trend. Polar bears are so hard to study uh, because, again, they live in the middle of the Arctic sea ice. So it's really dangerous for humans to go there and really expensive. Like, I would not want to go out to the middle of the Arctic in the middle of the winter. It would be dark and cold and scary. Uh, so it's really hard to study polar bears effectively in a lot of areas. So out of the 19 different subpopulations, 12 of them, so over half of them, we don't know what's going on. Their trend is unknown. Uh, two of the populations have increased because the seals in those areas are doing well. The food is abundant. Two of the populations are stable, so doing pretty good. And then three have declined. So in, those are the areas where we've already seen changes in sea ice. So it's really, really hard to get one trend for this type of animal. And polar bears have like the craziest home range. So that makes them harder to study. A home range is where an animal kind of spends most of its time. So maybe for you, your home range, if you think about a map and where your school is and where your home is, and maybe where like your best friend's house is and where your favorite park is. And then if you draw, if you draw a circle around that, that would be mostly your home range. And occasionally you might go on vacation outside of your home range, but mostly your home range is that circle. And maybe it's, you know, 20 square miles or something like that. For polar bears, their home range is over half a million square kilometers. So it's bigger than, you know, many of the United States themselves, like bigger than Minnesota, bigger than New York for sure, um, bigger than some countries even, almost the size of France. So they cover so much area. They're crazy, crazy hard to study. Uh, so that's why we always need good polar bear science and more polar bear scientists looking at where the polar bears are and how they're doing. How much sea ice melted here? That's a really good question and a really important question. And it's one that a lot of people look at, um, but it changes every single year. So when you look at a map of sea ice, it goes um, up and down and up and down and up and down, but the overall trend is down. So every single year we see a lot of variability, it's called, so a lot of changes in how much. So it's really hard to know exactly. So what we do instead is we look really long-term. Instead of year to year, we look at about like 30 years at a time. 
so for what I can say, for example, is that um, in September, which is always when there's the least amount of sea ice, because it's right after the summer, so everything's the smallest, uh, we know that we have lost 13% of Arctic sea ice per decade over the last several decades since the 1970s. So those are the types of measurements that we do to try to be a little more accurate is to look really long-term because year to year it gets messy. Uh, some years are still you know, not so bad and then other years uh, we are seeing larger declines. It just really depends and there's a lot of different factors that goes into it, but it's, it's a really important question and one a lot of people look at all the time. How do polar bears hunt and what do they eat? So this is super cool. Polar bears are really good hunters and there's a couple different ways they hunt. So the reason that polar bears need Arctic sea ice so much is because it helps them hunt. Polar bears main food is seals. So I mentioned the ringed and bearded seals, but it's not just the seals themselves. It's really the seal blubber polar bears need. So if it was up to a polar bear, they would pretty much only eat blubber. That's all they want. They just like to eat fat, which is like a little bit gross. Maybe imagine eating your, if you eat bacon in the morning, just eating the fat off of it. It seems kind of gross to humans. So that's what polar bears like to do. And because they eat blubber, blubber has so many calories and so much energy. That's how blubber helps polar bears get so big. Polar bears are the biggest animal we, biggest predator we have on land, the biggest carnivore. So Polar bears are good swimmers, but they cannot outswim seals in the water. So they use Arctic sea ice to go find the seals. And there's a couple different ways they do this. One way is called still hunting. And so when you're a seal, you live underwater, but you still have to breathe air. So these Arctic seals, they maintain breathing holes in the ice. So each seal maybe has like four or five breathing holes that they keep open. They have a little claw on their flipper. And they keep these holes open so that they can go up through the hole, breathe some air, and then go swimming again. So a polar bear will find a seal hole, and the polar bear knows they just have to be really, really patient for the seal to come up and need some air. So a polar bear will sit by a seal hole and just not move for like hours, for 24 hours, for over a day, the polar bear will barely move a hair. They'll just be really patient watching the seal hole. And as soon as that seal comes up to breathe, the polar bear pounces through the seal hole and tries to pull the seal out. So polar bears have really, really sharp teeth and really sharp claws and a kind of a cone-shaped head that helps them get into those seal holes. So that's one way to do it. That's still hunting, sneak attack type thing. And then another way is just being really sneaky on the sea ice. So polar bears are really big, but they move really quietly. It's actually kind of freaky when you're out in the wild. They can sneak up really crazy. Like you think this giant bear would make noise and it really doesn't make that much noise. So uh, seals also have to rest because every animal needs to rest sometimes. You can't just move all the time. So sometimes seals will, it's called hauling out on the ice. They'll haul out and they'll sleep or rest or have a little seal nap. And so polar bears can really sneakily um, try to sneak up on the seal and then grab it before it gets back in the water. So that's another way they hunt. So the key thing there in both cases is that sea ice is the platform on which polar bears hunt. So they really do need sea ice to access seals. And then they really do need that seal blubber. There's no other food um, on land that has that many calories. There's, you know, protein, but there's not that much blubber. Like we don't see blubber in land animals. That's really a, an ocean animal thing. So uh, sometimes we just kind of funnily call them blubber bears. Um, and they're just, they're happiest when they have lots of Arctic sea ice and go to go find seals. So 
that's uh, the main ways that they hunt and the main thing that they eat. How far do polar bears travel when they're hunting? So it depends on the bear. Uh, so for example, moms that have really young cubs, they don't travel maybe quite as far because they have to make sure their cubs are safe. Um, and then large adult males maybe travel a little farther. We're not super sure. Um, we do know that within a season, again, the polar bear's home range is huge and they'll travel hundreds of miles in a year, hundreds and hundreds of miles to hunt. Um, we know from tracking polar bears, so we've put some GPS units on polar bears before, that each bear is a little different. So just like you and your friends probably are different with where, with what your favorite game is or how much you like to run, polar bears are different too. So some polar bears move really, really far. And they, some, one polar bear walked from like Alaska to Greenland. If you look over a map, I mean, they make huge, huge movements. And then other polar bears actually don't like to move all that much. There's a couple places in the world. So there's a place in Canada it's called James Bay. And then there's a place in Svalbard in Norway where polar bears actually have tiny little home ranges and they don't move at all because they have enough food. So they just kind of move like, yeah, maybe a hundred, couple hundred miles in a whole season back and forth and back and forth in their favorite little place. So it really does depend on it. It really depends on how much food is around. So if polar bears have to move farther to eat, they will. But if the food's really good, like if you're at home and you have so many different snacks and popcorn and chips or whatever, maybe, you know, you can stay at home for a long time and eat your snacks. Whereas if you're all out of snacks, maybe you'll have to walk to the convenience store and go get some more snacks. So it really depends how much food's available and, you know, what the bear's preferences are. So it, it's all very, very different. And polar, that's one of the things that makes polar bears super cool because they all do kind of different things. How can we help polar bears? Yeah. So helping polar bears, that's such an awesome question. And it's such an important question. And I bet there's things that you're already doing that you don't even know um, to help polar bears. So of course, the biggest threat to polar bears is them losing their habitat due to warming temperatures. And the best way to help that is by reducing those carbon dioxide emissions that are warming the planet. So if humans can move away from burning fossil fuels and burn less fossil fuels, and instead use cleaner and greener energies like solar and wind, that helps polar bears. And there's a lot of different ways we can accomplish that, um, no matter what age you are. So when you're younger, um, some really great things you can do is, well, just talking to your parents. You know, you can ask about where the energy to heat and cool your home comes from. You can see if there's any places um, available to your parents that maybe provide solar or wind power and talk to them about that. But you can also just see things like ride the bus more and walk more and see what other community groups are doing in your community. Maybe there's like um, biking groups for students that you can join. You could eat more vegetarian meals, which I think uh, your school already does, which is really great. And um, that makes a big difference because eating meat does, you know, meat has a lot of fossil fuels when you add it all up over um, from being in the environment to being on our plate, a lot of fossil fuels. And just talking to your friends about how you care about the environment. I think that that is so important because so many people only really start to make changes when the people around them um, make changes or think something's important. So talking to your friends and your family about how you care about polar bears and honestly, just how you care about the environment. Because 
the coolest thing about polar bears is that we we can call them an umbrella species so they're at the top and if you imagine them standing on an umbrella everything underneath them is affected by what happens to polar bears so if we help polar bears by reducing our carbon emissions everything else gets helped because so many creatures including people are at risk from rising temperatures so every cool thing we do for polar bears is good for people and our future is you know it's the same Whatever we choose to do for them now is really what we're doing for ourselves. And you deserve a clean and bright future with polar bears just as much as polar bears deserve a future with sea ice. So I think it's really awesome that students are kind of finding ways they can help right now and getting involved. And if you look on the um, Polar Bears International website, there is a place called Get Involved and there's all sorts of ideas for students and teachers and parents and depending on who you are and what you want to do and what's available to you, there's something that you can do to help because everyone has different abilities and different interests. So I would definitely encourage you to check out our website and uh, we have like toolkits and stuff that will help you get started with projects. If you want to do like a school project or something. Um, and then you can ask us anytime if you need help. How can people get involved with Polar Bear International? Where can people find Polar Bear International online? Yeah, thank you for asking. So our website is polarbearsinternational.org and we have lots of awesome information about polar bears and helping polar bears on our website. We also do have a Facebook page and an Instagram account if you want to see cool pictures and see what our staff is up to and see what the polar bears are doing. And we have a really cool uh, site that you can find on our website. It's called our bear tracker so you can go see right now where a bunch of bears are on Hudson Bay which is really cool we at least once a week we update their location so you can watch them move it's super fun um, and then ways that you guys can actually help polar bears international there's lots of ways one thing is just reading reading our stuff is always good um, each fall and then sometimes in the spring we do live events from the tundra with polar bears so if you're ever interested talk to your teacher about tuning in to our tundra connections webcast series and we also have a bunch of educational videos on youtube um, what some students like to do is they'll do like um, a school project or something like that which is really great. So there was a school at Davis County in California. It was a whole school district actually. They did all of February. They did a pedal for polar bears. And every time that students uh, walked or rode a bike to school, they got points. And then at the end of the month, um, the school district added up all the points. And for you know every certain number of walks or bike rides, like per hundred or something, they adopted a polar bear. So we do have polar bear adoptions on our website. So sometimes students will do fundraisers like that or little events. Um, and you can donate a little bit of money if you'd like, and, and we can send you a polar bear adoption. So you get like a stuffed polar bear and some information about a polar bear, which is pretty cool. So that's a good thing to check out too. Um, but yeah, again, the, the biggest thing to help us is to help polar bears and to talk to each other about how you think they're important and cool and, and how we can all work together to make a difference for them and for ourselves. Thank you for being on this podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. You had some really, really great questions, and I really appreciate your interest in polar bears, and I look forward to, to seeing you in polar bear country in the future. And if you ever have any more questions, reach out anytime, and we're happy to help. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and a big shout-out to Alyssa McCall for being on the show today.